I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. So we know this guy is a. Uh... He's a golfer. I think he just told us he um, he won the 2014 Masters. Uh, Drinking, and, maybe, or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he, he's definitely been, uh, I, I know, just pre-runs and watching this guy lead and posting downrange and, you know, just F3 Omaha, but also uh, F3 Nation in general is, is better uh, because of this man. So excited to talk to our man, Swiper, today. Uh, Swiper, um, why don't you start us off at the beginning? Who EH you? What was your first workout like? Uh, was it a difficult workout, that sort of thing? And then uh, how do we get to the name, Swiper? Yeah, no, that's great. So uh, the EH story is short but but long. Um, it was a, a Friday night during the pandemic, so March of 21. And I was coaching a girl dad's daughter, uh, Daphne, in basketball. And, um, you know, we're masks. No one ever talks. And you don't socialize with the parents, which was really tough for me, you know, as someone who likes people a lot. And um, we were standing at the landing. And there was another coach in the middle of us and that coach left. And so it was Dave and I standing there and um, he introduced himself, you know, it's Dave Hilliard. And we talked for a second. And then I just had this memory of a Twitter video, um, which was his VQ at the sanitarium. So I'm like, Oh, Hilliard. I'm like, I saw you on Twitter in the pitch dark, bunch of snow, like what the hell was that? Um, and he explained something to me. I don't even really remember, you know, about this workouts and, and he's like, you know, blah, blah, blah. He's like, what, do you want to go tomorrow? And I'm like, well, sure, I'm not doing anything. You know, so it was a 10-minute EH. I went the next day, um, and that was the pit. Um, so he's telling me there's a guy leading. He's never, he's not, not done it that much, you know, with Skittles VQ. Um, Plague, you were there. I just watched the video. You were there. Was, you know, 30 guys, which watching it now, you know, tons of OGs, you know, like Spacebar and Tater and Khakis and you. Uh, roll bar, you know, um, so we, uh, he, and he's like, well, we sometimes will run beforehand. Um, you know, we'll do a 5k before these workouts. And, and then he's like, well, and sometimes we'll even, some guys do a 10k like crazy guys, you know? And so I'm like, well, I'll, let's do the whole thing, I guess. So, so this is when the workouts were at seven. So we, uh, you know, I show up at six to do, you know, the first of two pre-runs. Um, and I was a runner, you know, but didn't work out much. So, we get on the, this first pre-run and there's like at least 10 guys there, you know, six, you know, maybe 15, huge group. And we all start running together and someone's asking me, you know, what's, what's my name or whatever. And I'm like, Josh, you know, Josh Focek. And some guy from the back's like, Focek, he's like, is your wife Katie? And immediately I'm like, oh boy, you know, like, what does, what does this guy, what does he know? <laughs> you know, and I'm like, yeah. And then he, and then it starts to get really weird. And he's like, well, is your dog named Bailey? And now I'm like freaked, freaked out. You know, it's pitch dark. I don't know anybody. And this guy knows my wife and my dog. Um, and so this is Baby Shark. And he's like, yeah, we, you know, your dog Bailey. I have Bailey's sister, Reba. Um, same litter, uh, you know, number seven and number eight. You know, he's like, we actually almost bought both dogs because they were like hugging and cuddling, you know, when we went to, to buy Reba. You know, and so, we, you know, and I learned he lived a block away. I didn't know him, never met him, you know, and, and here he is on this, on this workout. So we do the workout at Skittles VQ. It was cold. I didn't have proper gloves. My hands were numb, you know, and the workout was tough. You know, it was an hour long workout and, and really tough for me. Um, at the end of it, we played knockout. Um, so I was finally like, okay, finally, I, I coached basketball. I played. This is right up my wheelhouse. Literally airballed every shot right? Because we're doing push-ups, all this crap. I can't even hit the rim. I'm thoroughly embarrassed and pissed, you know, and I, I, I just, whatever. I remember Nobbs was there teaching me how to do a box cutter, and I'm just like, what in the world is going on? It's whatever. So we go back, and, you know, he explains the name of Rama thing, and, you know, you know I'm whatever. You know, it's kind of funny. I'm a funny guy, and so we do that, and then I go in the circle, and, and I, you know, I felt like I was there for an hour, 
Um, it's probably 10 seconds, you know, who knows, but, but talking forever and saying stuff, cause I'll just fill the void. And, um, and there wasn't a ton of names, if I remember right, that were thrown out. And, and I think it was knobs and we've got some friendly competitions and Sarpy naming guys, I mean, probably in Omaha in general, but I'd say knobs and I and Chernobyl, like we get pretty competitive to get F and G names. And so knobs, uh, you know, asked me what I did. I'm in the credit card business. You know, I run a few sales teams, you know, in processing and he just yelled swiper. And um, I think, you know, seconds after that, you know, Skittles, you know, swiper it is. And, and, and here I am. So um, it's pretty, I've told that story to people like, just cause it's a funny entrance, you know, a quick EH, you know, I'm immediately pre-running, which, you know, as we'll talk about, I mean, it's a core to what I do in F3. I think it's one of the, the better ways to connect with people, you know, and just and jumped right in with kind of the full Monty and, you know, the rest is history. So. Man, I, that's such a good story. And um, there's so many elements that, you know, you just, you were ready, you know, the timing of, of life seemed like, uh, seemed like you were ready. Hungry. For I'd say hungry. I was hungry for something, yeah. for sure. What like do you there think, was a void. Yeah. What caught you think that was pandemic related or where, where were you at in life before? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I for sure, well, it was pandemic related because I run a couple sales teams. I'm a really social guy. And I'd say I'm, I'm even more a physical guy. Like I really like physical handshakes, hugging, um, you know, it, you know, and it gets me in trouble sometimes and not Joe Biden trouble, but you know, it gets me in trouble sometimes, you know, like that I'll just am really friendly with people. And so the pandemic wiped all that away. You know, you, not only were you not getting together with people and, and hugging them and shaking their hands and all that, you weren't even seeing them period. Um, you weren't around them. I wasn't around my team. I wasn't seeing prospects, customers on the road and coworkers in other cities and all those things. And, and, um, you know, I was looking for, uh, maybe a men's group, a Bible study, uh, some kind of fellowship thing. So when Dave explained it, you know, like I was already kind of working out and I always ran on my own. When I traveled, I would go run in a city like, oh, it's a great way to see Chicago or New Orleans or LA. And I just go run on my own always never worked out with anybody. And, um, you know, so that was whatever, but the, the, the chance to be around men, I just was like, Oh man, I got to check this out. You know? So it was certainly a void in my life at the time. And what, you know, for sure was because of the pandemic when I mean, we were a full year into it, nothing had really changed. Everybody was still scared of their own breath, you know, at that point. And, and it was, you know, it was a dark time, honestly. And, and I didn't know much about your group, you know, how you guys were like, you know, kind of sneaking these workouts and, you could tell people just wanted to keep doing it, even though the world was like, don't go around anybody. You know, it, it yeah, you know, I'm, we were still I'm in. Kind of in yeah, yeah. Where were we at in terms of like F3 at the time? What were we doing in 2021? Then? Were we having secret groups still, secret meetings? So I didn't know. I mean, Plague would probably answer better than me because when I started, I mean, I was obviously it was 30 guys at a workout and no one was in a mask, but we were still in masks everywhere else. And then I started hearing about how you guys survived that kind of first year of the pandemic, you know, piecing it together, you know? Yeah, we did. Um, yeah. We did just to clarify. So we, we, I think there was a time we basically just followed the government mandate, right? We want, we wanted to follow the rules and respect the government that was in place. But outside of that, like there was a time when they said, Hey, only groups of 10 can meet. So we would, we would meet. And if there were more than 10 guys, we would split. Uh, mm -hmm. you know, trying to just respect that. And, and, you know, I think we ended up only closing down for uh, a week um, and we did the, the OYO, but not alone uh, virtual workout. We had the matrix was a the virtual AO, um, you know, mm -hmm. but I think by the time we were where you were at in 2021, we were back to, you know, really. Yeah. Course. Hey, you did, <laughs> you did kind of mention something about how previously in your previous life, before you found the group, you know, you were, you were perfectly content going on runs by yourself. You didn't, I don't need this a group of guys to go run with me. I can, you know, I'm disciplined enough to go and do it. Now, when you came, you know, you're talking about this void. I mean, how quick was it until you realized that that void was there? Like, hey, there actually is something here about about being with these guys, and I'm I'm actually getting something out of it. Yeah, it's a great question. Um, immediately, you know, you could you could just tell when. I mean, I made connections, like I said, with guys that first day um, who I'd never met. You know, and they were, you know, these are lifelong connections now. I'd call great friends, you know, of mine. It's funny, I was right now 
texting a bunch of guys asking for their addresses. I'm like, you're officially my friend now. I send you a Christmas card. You know, so like I, I'm a full year into this now. You guys are actually real friends now, <laughs> you know, and you're a real friend when you get a Christmas card. Uh, and sorry for those of you who I haven't texted and aren't getting one, but you know, whatever. It's like, you know, we can only send so many. But no, you just, I mean, it was immediate for me, like, you know, the cafeteria aspect. I've been to tons of Q source. Um, like, you just connect with men specifically on a whole nother level that I really, I mean, I had maybe had a little bit of it at, at church which I don't probably, you know, as a family, we don't do enough to connect outside of just going to service, you know, where you can find personal connection because life gets so busy or whatever, we're pulled in all these directions. Um, and, you know, I just, you know, I really, um, that stuff hits me, you know, like I like connecting with people, you know, I, um, I get a lot of value out of it and, you know, I, I get more when I'm giving it away. So like I coach basketball a lot, I've mentored young kids, you know, this clearly has all those elements, you know, as the longer you're in it, and, you know, and I go from being an FNG to leading a site to now like spend all my time just getting guys to do their BQ, honestly, like getting leaders to step up and encouraging guys, you know, like teaching guys how to do cadence, just like Firewalker and JC taught me those first workouts when I didn't know what I was doing, you know, or didn't know how to lead a workout or watch the time and all that, keeping things organized. Like now I do all those things because I naturally like coaching. Um, and you know, so just all those connections, you know, I, it was, it was immediate. And honestly, it's really funny now when I travel and there's no F3 in, in that city, which I do it a lot on the road, uh, running alone is terrible. It's like, I am slower. I, you know, and I'll still do a half marathon, like on the beach and it takes me like half a day. It's terrible. I don't know what it is, but like, I can't work out a, alone anymore. <laughs> you know, it's something has changed to where. Um, I just really look forward to not only just the workout side, but it's, you know, talking to Farva, you know, on a pre-run like this morning, we we're at the farm and a bunch of guys showed up. This is Buster's VQ. It was a great morning. And I was like, I haven't done the old pre-run up the big hill. And the other guys just started going flat on the trail. He's like, yeah, let's go. And we just talked for 30 minutes. You know, it was wonderful. You know, and I just, that kind of stuff is, you know, I really crave it. And you could tell immediately to answer your question, you know, that I was missing it. Where, um, you know, I just ran with Farva yesterday and uh, Farva and Unicycle, and it's like a 7.15 pace, which which was ridiculous. And I, I was, I hadn't been pushing myself, but what I, what I realized was I needed those guys to, to push me a little bit. Um, but I'm curious from your I, I pull, pull you, really. He was pulling me this morning. The yeah. Whole time, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen uh, in, improvements in your fitness? Do you feel like faster yeah. pace or more endurance or what, what's been your experience there? Yeah, no, that's a great, uh, for sure. Like, I, you know, I look at, I track my weight on an app and there's a, a clear apex when I started and, you know, in a descent. And I, you know, it bobs up and down now, but it's a much lower plateau. You know, it was very clear. My, I've done the most miles I've ever done like this year. I'm not going to hit Firewalker's 2000 miles, but I'm going to be over 1600, which will be the most I've ever done. Um, you know, and so my strength off the charts, like, and I, you know, like the Murph, I do usually two Murphs every Monday, you know, I love the workout. I love its structure. I love running, but actually pull-ups, you know, are the hardest thing for me. I mean, I'm a bigger guy. I, I weigh 210, you know, so losing weight, allowed me to do more pull-ups obviously and obviously doing that workout regularly too I could just track from the point where I could maybe do two unassisted to get through you know all 100 the way we do it um so yeah there's no doubt my you know how many push-ups I could do in a row you know easily went from 35 40 to 70 kind of thing so um, I'm by no means the strongest guy or the fastest guy but I could clearly see you know personal gains which you know it's sometimes hard in this group to not compare to, I mean, there's a lot, like you just said, you know, it took being around a couple fast dudes, like realize, okay, I could push a little harder. I mean, we have some unbelievable guys that just come out of the woodwork, you know, and are just amazing. And it just inspires you to be better every day. It's like, that's what I think, honestly, I get the most out of it is seeing, man, I'm dogging it a little bit. Look at these guys grinding. And it might even be someone not as fast as me or as strong as me, but they're pushing beyond their own limits you know, which we see on a daily basis that, you know, really motivates me. And honestly, picking up the six, which I'll say around the country, people don't do like we do is like one of my favorite things to do. And like, if you're, if I'm at a workout, you know, they're like, oh, you can stay here or go pick up. I always run back 
to go find the guys in the back, you know, and so the uh, kind of that side of working out, which you always get in a little extra running and helps your fitness. So I know mentally it's probably better for me anyway to do it, but it's like fulfilling too. So, well, you know, I'm curious about that point. You know, I think it's interesting that going to pick up the six kind of comes naturally to you. That's something that you are interested in. I remember when I was at Psycho, I had, someone had to remind me like, Hey, you guys, you got guys falling back here, go back there and pick them up. So what is it about that concept that you were just naturally drawn to? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's something about, you know, you're only as, you're only as strong as your slow, you're only as strong as your slowest guy or the weakest link in the chain that like you want to be with that guy, not only supporting him, but helping him to get, to get better. And I forget which one of the Sarpy guys, you know, helped me probably knobs, you know, who I picked the flag up at the sanitarium from like when you're a site queue and, and even I just maybe tater tot too. like, there's a difference between, picking up the six and being with the six. And I will say that's probably something I struggle with. I don't be with the six enough, but as a site cue, it forced me to do it. Cause I had a different job now. Like my job was now to run this whole site and make sure everything is clicking together. Everyone's kind of staying together. No one gets lost. And, and so as a site cue for the first times in my, in my F3 life, I was with the six many times. And that's a totally different feeling than, than picking up the six because now you're like just being with them, talking to them the whole time versus, oh, yeah, I'll come back and get your slow ass, you know, and finish this workout kind of thing. Like, I'm sure for those guys, too, they get to a slightly different feeling. But so, I, you know, it's just something about like keeping us all together, that part of the credo, you know, and like I said, I go on the road and nobody does that. Like they they'll maybe stop and wait for them, but like people aren't going back to get them. You know, we have, especially like in Sarpy, where we have a bunch of guys who like to run. We've got tons of new guys that are, you know, different places on their fitness journey. We have a wide gap, you know, and, and, and you've got to think about your workouts and plan them around this. But if you don't, if you're not doing that, I mean, you could have some major disruption to the way this is going to all flow. So, so to me, it almost kind of brings the whole thing full circle anyway, so that it runs smoothly. Everybody feels a part of it. And no one's left out, you know, and I'm, I don't know, I'm a, like in my business life, like the way I do my job, I'm always trying to keep everyone on an even keel, you know, and I use humor a lot to lower people down, make them more comfortable, you know, let people in, take down their guards, you know, but, but I'm th always thinking about like, we got to make sure this is all working to get together well and picking up the six, make sure they're not left out. And it's just kind of a, I do that all day, every day in my life, making sure everything is working smoothly together. So it just naturally happens in the workouts too, I think. Man, that a lot to unpack there. A lot of really good stuff. One, I don't think I've ever heard anyone kind of create this distinction between picking up the six and you know being with the six. And I think that's an important way to look at it because you're right. There's been plenty of times where, all right, shit, I got here first, like running to this point. I know I kind of have a duty or an obligation just to go back and get the guy instead of, hey, you know, I'm going to be intentional with my time and get back and make sure that this guy feels included. I'm bringing him up with me. Um, I love that. And I, I really wanted to highlight your transition into your personal and professional life too. Like how you're carrying that concept over is such a great thing that people need to be cognizant of. I guess a follow-up question for, for, for me would be, do you think we're carrying that concept over in other avenues of F3? Well, like whether that be in the second half or the third half. We're carrying which concept, Pony? Picking uh, up the six? With the six. Yeah. They are being with the six. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, we are was talking to somebody about this the other day. We talk about, especially third F this time of year, like we start getting a lot of things going on. And it's sometimes really hard to keep up. But that's the great part about our group is the unstructured way. Like if something's on your heart, you can just go make this a cause. And maybe you're not going to get the whole group to follow you. You'll get one or two guys to do it. So I think there's parts of f3 i guess it's maybe a little different where when you get into some of that stuff like some causes aren't for everybody and so a lot of guys are going to get left behind maybe we're in a workout you kind of all stick together all the time but when you get in like some guys don't drink like buster was talking about this morning his vq how he's dealt with alcoholism and you know he's been sober since since uh september and then right after that we're talking about how we're going to fairy nectar you know for a happy hour so it's like you have that push and pull where once you step outside of the workout, now you're going to have varying degrees of 
what involvement people want to have in things. It's not like you can't go to Fairy Nectar and have a soda and all that. It's a social thing. But, you know, you're around alcohol. Maybe you don't ever want to be around it because it's a temptation plague. You've got, you know, your story is a powerful one, which you and I have talked about many times on pre-runs and heard you talk. I mean, so I think it's different, a little different pony. Like when you you get into the, the second and third F that it's, you have a lot more variety and people going in a little bit different directions and more flexibility where it's maybe harder to carry over that same concept that you might see in a workout. I don't know. That's, that's kind of what I was thinking. I, I love that question, Pony. I guess for me, the way I'm, I'm, I feel like it shows up right in the, in some of our core principles, right? So, so we are actively being with the six, you know, in, in the third F, right? When we don't prescribe what belief system people have to have or, you know, so, so to me, I think we, I think we do a lot of that, but it is interesting. Like um, we don't have, like when, if we're doing a coat drive or fundraising, we, we don't do a whole lot of fundraising for a guy in our packs that's struggling financially. And I don't know if that's because we don't have any pack members struggling financially or if it, you know, I, I don't know. I, that seems like that's hard to believe to me just in this day and age, but um, yeah, I don't know. I bet there's tons. That's really interesting. Everything we do is outward. Like we're always helping other people, you know, but if you think inward, there's probably tons of guys. I mean, we pray for guys. That's clearly a super powerful part of our group, whether it be, you know, people struggling with, you know, losing a child, someone in their family died, dealing with cancer. Like the bigger we get, like there's just so many of these stories in the mornings. Now, when you go to that part at the end, there's a lot of heartache. Um, but, uh, and we don't, I mean, yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting way to think about it. Hey, maybe for our hundredth episode, uh, we'll come back to this. We'll get Swiper back on, and we'll solve the, the problems. Yeah, I do, yeah, I do yeah. want to get back to your story, though, Swiper, because I, I, I think um, you know. So you mentioned the the fitness stuff coming in and and really connecting with some guys. Talk us through like the relationships and how those have developed over over the last year. Maybe if you could share. Uh, what what do you think it was that you did or participated in that helped to build relationships? Is it just the pre-running, like you said? or Yeah, it? yeah. Pre-running, I've told people, like I was even talking to you, like I think we should track pre-running. Like I think there's something to sites that have pre-runners and guys who do it. Like we have guys like Razzle Dazzle lately because of his work schedule only shows up to pre-run or JC's notoriously done a lot of that because he was doing other things where they don't go to actual workouts. So they miss everybody at the workout, but they'll come to, to pre-runs and then go home or trench would do that because of his job. So, you know, but that to me was probably the, the, the biggest area right away, you know, cause I wasn't doing Q source didn't quite understand it. Maybe I wasn't always going to coffee cause I had to bolt, but if you're getting there earlier, you know, you're getting quality time with usually as you start to run, if you know that you usually pair up with one or two guys, the speed you're going that day. And you know, that that's your 30 minute conversation. So that to me, and, and I, you know, I, I tracked this year, like I had a fitness goal because I saw somebody else do the 250 workout goal. Um, you know, I broke it out and did a pre-run goal too. And I hit both of those goals in the last couple of weeks, you know, 250 workouts, 200 pre-runs, not tooting my own horn, but my point was going to be, I pretty much pre-run every time I work out. And that's just become a routine where I just wake up. So it's like, why wouldn't I just go and your body adjusts to that. So that's been, been huge to get to know, you know, I would probably say there's probably 10 or 12, maybe 15 guys that, you know, I've run with so many times you can't count and they've just become really good friends. Um, on the flip side, you know, I'd say cafeteria, even if it's only five or 10 minutes, you know, is because in workouts, you may talk to guys, but you're, grinding and can barely breathe and lately it's so super dark I don't even know half the guys that are at workouts honestly until the end um so it's coming to coffee and, and one thing I really like about Sarpy you know and I'll give some credit to like KOA who started it and now like Girl Dad and Baby Shark like we do on-site coffee a lot guys are brewing coffee which I found out you can brew the night before these thermoses keep it warm all night long which is unbelievable and they, and they bring it. And as you guys know, a lot more people hang out. Well, if it's already right here, I'll stay for five more minutes or 10 more minutes versus I got to drive there. It's going to cost me money. You just lose a percentage of the guys. So, so I go to coffee pretty regularly. And when it's on site, it's about hundred percent. And um, just hanging out, you know, talking to guys is just a, 
another great way way to connect. And and I, one another thing I picked up, I forget who did it to me early on, but it's texting guys after workouts. You know, the cue, great job, love the workout, love this thing we did, great to see you. You know, and you know, and I, I've seen slow pitch lately. He's awesome. You know, at following up with guys and connecting with them. Obviously, that that first week, you know, I. Um, I, it's why I met Tater on Wednesday. And I think I told this story when I passed the flag, like he came up to me. I didn't know who he was, didn't understand his role. And he just had a great smile and, you know, we connected him and he probably texted me, you know, later that day. I mean, you know, that's a great way. So I do that a lot as a way to connect with guys, especially newer guys that either come for the first time or I've met for the first time, you know, and, and it's just a, a great way to connect with people. And I'd say Q source is is probably the the apex of it because you get really you know you get a lot deeper in that you know and guys will really open up even if it's just about you know their approach to work or maybe their approach to to faith and religion or how they manage their family um you know like vandalay is a guy i've been around a lot i can just remember a few sources with him at paradise where he said some stuff that was really on point you know and so he's just become somebody you know that i you know, I don't see a ton, you know, but we'll, we'll text back and forth. And I, you know, he's a guy that I really appreciate and enjoy. So Q source is just another way. So I'd say those three things around the workouts have been great ways to connect. And then I do a little bit of the fellowship um, or the, the, the faith kind of stuff outside of like at the sanitarium, when I had the flag, we did three or four like community service projects around the property, you know, and I'll give credit to double dip who I, passed the flag to you. I just kept asking them, what could we do? Like we ended up tearing down a shed that the school needed tore down. So they were building a new one and, you know, guys are pulling the, the, the floorboards up and there was a skunk living underneath the floorboards. So like, and I wasn't there when it happened, they pull it up. They have some good pictures. Literally the skunk that we would see around was living under the shed. He ran under some other mats that were in the corner or whatever, but we moved some huge benches, you know, like um, there was a storm last summer we foregoed the workout and just cleaned up branches at Halleck. Like, you know, and I've been involved in the food pantry stuff. Just last night, I took my girls with squeaky clean and Chernobyl and Duracell and just gave all this stuff to the Tri-City Food Pantry. Like all those are great things for the community, but also great ways you just connect with these solid dudes that we're with every day, you know? So all those kind of things I'd say I've taken different pieces from and it's why I do them so much, you know, every time I can. You know, especially the pre-running, though. That's probably number one for me. Well, and it sounds like there's a fellowship aspect of all those, even, you know, kind of cropping over into the into the third app, right? There, you know, a lot of those things start to kind of meld together. And you mentioned at the beginning kind of a, you were looking for maybe a Bible study or, you know, just some, some other way to connect with men. Is for you today, I mean, is, are you, have you gotten involved in a Bible study somehow or is that uh, Q-Source maybe fulfilling that need or how do you bring in yeah. spiritual aspect of faith? Yeah, no, great question. I have not got involved in a Bible study. Thanks for pointing that out that I still have not accomplished that, that goal. I did finish reading the Bible from front to back. So it took me two years. I was reading. I had actually a customer of mine. So, I mean, I've always been confident in my faith. Um, I was raised, my, my dad, um, who passed away this last year, dealt with mental illness a lot of his life and, you know, was, a, was around, but not a, maybe a core spiritual figure. So my mom fulfilled both the role of, of mother and father and was very spiritual. And um, like to the point where, you know, we're Catholic, Catholics don't read the Bible. We read the Bible, you know, she would have it open at night and we'd be talking about it. And so I was talking with a customer, you know, I'd get to the point where like customers and I that would become pretty good friends, like we're out at a meal, we'd pray together and stuff. And so this guy sent me, you know, the daily walk, which is a, a Bible to read in a year, but it's a lot more than just the Bible. It has tons of, it has a full page of uh, reflection. It breaks down the scripture, et cetera. Well, it took me, you know, two years, a little over two years actually to read it. Cause I'm, I don't read a lot. I fall asleep when I read and, I get distracted and look at other things, just like just like plagues getting distracted with either something going on or a kid or whatever. Well, no, but this I, stuff. I think I have that. I have the daily walk. Oh, great you were resource. looking for it. And that's yeah. so, so. Just to connect the dots, this is wild. Sorry, I'm uh, totally interrupting. Okay. But that that the group that um, Firewalker, you know, so Firewalker Tonight Show, uh, Grilled, 
um, Sister Act, uh, a couple other guys, right, that we were all in this men's Bible study six or seven years ago. That was the initial book we were doing the men's Bible study on. So it's just cool to connect it up. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was, it for me broke down. I mean, I had read the Bible before, but never read the whole thing. You know, never did the front to back. But you read so much and, you know, get distracted. It's very confusing. Old Testament, super hard. This was like, took it to a whole nother level where it's just helping you understand. And I'll be, I'll be honest, funny enough, outside of that, the most I've ever got out of the Bible was a Bible that my cousin got for my daughter because he was his goddaughter. It's called the Action Bible. It's actually a cartoon, like illustrated version of the Bible. And, and it told some of the stories in a way that I had never understood them. And so I read that front to back with a couple of my kids, different points in their life. And I learned a ton. So honestly, if you have young kids, I think the Action Bible is phenomenal. You know, and it's a super graphic, great pictures, but tells the stories. Um, but yeah, so, so, so I read through that front to back, never, never joined a Bible study. But, um, but, but, but F3, and I forget part of the question, but I'll just say another thing I'm thinking has, has allowed me like to, to really um like i am not ashamed of my faith like i run a team a, c- a couple different sales teams in a publicly traded company and we open our team meeting praying and i pray for the group um i open it up for them and so it's become a great way for the team to be able to talk about things in their lives or their communities or with their families um you know and i do it in jesus name and you know and in, in, in my company when we were before we merged like they would, they would start leadership meetings, you know, this is a, in Columbus, Georgia, you know, in the South, by having somebody give an invocation before this meeting of hundreds of leaders in person started. When we merged with this other company that was a little more kind of New York, I mean, that stuff's all gone. But for me, it's not. And I told myself when I, you know, was becoming a leader, which I was hesitant to do because I like just doing my own thing. I was probably too selfish and didn't want all the extra work. But I said, if I ever did, I, would, I wouldn't hide my faith from that team. You know, and, and I'm proud to say, I mean, you know, it's funny. We just had somebody join a team meeting last week and they kind of just started jumping into what they wanted to cover. And I didn't open the meeting like we normally do. And a guy on my team's like, Josh, you're going to start us with a prayer first, which I almost cried on the meeting, honestly. And I was like, that's really, you know, you can just tell it means something to these folks too. And they're all different religions, whatever, you know, and I don't almost like F3, like I don't make it about, you know, I'm praying to Christ, but you know, to these people, I'm just praying for you or us or whatever. So I do that. I do that at work, but I don't, you know, and, and my family, we're very spiritual, but I'd say like all the, my friends and folks in the neighborhood I hang out with, we do, it doesn't come up a whole lot, you know, and then maybe they're not as receptive to it, you know, or whatever. So F3 has really opened, given me a whole nother avenue um, to, you know, to get my faith out, to make it verbal. And uh, to be honest, I'll blame you because it was at the pit maybe a few months later and it was, I don't know, I'd been in a few months and you were, you were queuing and you got to the end. You're like, Hey, Swiper, why don't you take us out? I'm like, huh? I'm like, what? What do you, huh? Me, <laughs> you know, out of the blue, you did not say anything to me. Like uh, guys might be like, Hey, do you mind praying after my workout? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem. And, and whatever, you just threw it to me uh, blind, but clearly you and I had met and talked and you, you know, you felt comfortable. I deliver, you know? And so I was joking this morning. There's the last 20 workouts I've been at. I prayed us out at 18 of them. I'm not leading any of these. I'm like, am I the Sarpy uh, chaplain now? Like, what is going on? Everyone asks me to pray at every workout now. I'm like, I'm no, I am the biggest sinner of all you, all you dudes, but I'm not afraid to talk about it, you know, and say it. So whatever. So I've, you know, a lot of guys are asking me to do it lately, which honestly is, is an honor, you know, and I enjoy doing it. So, um, you know, that's, it's been a great avenue for me, you know, in the workouts and Q source too, you know, just to be able to kind of open up about things and talk about where you're at, what's important to you. I mean, this group clearly provides that, you know, for guys who are looking for it. If you're not, whatever, you know, and you just get to be around it. And, and that's, what's also great about it is like, there's no judging or, you know, like it's uh, we're accepting of it all. And, you know, somebody was asking me this morning, like how you pray out, you pray to Sky Q. I'm like, well, some guys do. I pray to Jesus, but you can do whatever you want to do. Like, honestly, and no one really cares or probably will even notice. So, but it's, well, uh, I, but I, yeah, it for, I, it for sure provides that. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased to hear that you have the, you know, the confidence to kind of carry that over into your professional life. Do you feel like 
I mean, I'm assuming so, but maybe did you feel like you had the same freedoms uh, with your leadership role as a PsyQ? And then maybe talk to us a little bit about your time as a PsyQ as well. Maybe that's a, a good jumping point. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. Um, yes, I do. And I did. And, and, and knobs, I'd say, uh, Firewalker, JC, the guys who, um, have been kind of the initial lucky, you know, the guys who've been leading sites in Sarpy when I started, um, kind of helped me through, but I, I saw, uh, my role as a site queue really to be like a coach for the queues. Um, helping them to be comfortable doing those kind of things, but always being there to kind of back them up if they needed help or or whatever. And certainly, um, guys throw it to the site queue or the a lot um, to kind of help them out of that. If you know they just assume we're going to handle anything that they're not comfortable doing, you know, and that's certainly one of those things they would they would throw to the site queue a lot. Which again, I was already doing it just as a normal PAX member, so it was no problem no transition. And like I said, I enjoy doing it. Like, you know, I enjoy praying with people, praying for people. Like when my children have a birthday, I have them in the middle of the room and I put my hands on them just like, you know, Abraham did to Isaac and Jacob. And they all are hating it now. The 13 year old girls don't, you know, don't touch me. My 17 year old son, you know, but to me, like a father to give his children um, a blessing. I mean, there's really no, I have no more important job outside of serving my wife which, you know, I struggle at on a daily basis, but blessing my children is something I really take as a serious, you know, job of mine. And my daughter, Chloe, I've prayed for a lot lately and people are praying for her. She's struggling with some things like my priest at St. Gerald's, you know, kind of reinstilled in me, my role as the father of this house into, you know, praying over my children, dealing with, you know, spiritual things, you know, evils of the world they're struggling with. She's having just things in her head like she's struggling with. And, and it was a great reminder that, you know, that's my job to do that. And um, just kind of reinforced some of the stuff I was already doing on their birthdays. I should be doing every day, you know, honestly, every night. So like every night with Chloe now, you know, I'm praying over her and trying to clear her mind and her heart. And we're Catholic, like I'm using a little bit of holy water and sitting on her bedside. Now, if I don't do it, She's asking me, can you do it? Like, we haven't done that yet. Just like the guy on my team, you know, like then you start to see a pattern and a routine that people get comfortable with these things. You know, they miss them when they don't have them. You know, almost back to the beginning of, you know, the, when I started in the pandemic, like, you know, sometimes you forget until it's gone. These things that are really important to you or make you comfortable. And really, I'm just trying to make my daughter comfortable and kind of clear her out. But I'm also praying evil spirits that might be in her mind, calling them out. And asking Christ to fill her up, you know, and, and it was really cool when she's like, you know, asked me, I didn't get enough holy water, can I have some more? Or you forgot to do it, can we do it? You know, it was just a good reminder that, you know, this stuff is hitting home, so. Man, I love the example of just um, leading, leading well, right, in your family, your community, at, at your workplace, the relationship with your wife, with your kids, um, and, and, and I know you, you brought that to your role leading as a thank you. Curious, just, you know, as you think about leadership and you think about what we're trying to do in, in F3, F3 Omaha, any, any advice or, you know, because I, I think, um, honestly, you know, hearing, hearing you where you're at with some of these things, especially like spiritually, it's, it's almost, um, it can be overwhelming, right? If a guy is still trying to figure out who is God, then praying with my yeah. kids is really far away. But any advice for guys that are listening on, you know, what, what's, the, what's the best next step or what have you found? Yeah. That's a big matzo ball. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, honestly, it's, you know, just, you know, and this is part of what we say is believing in something bigger than yourself, you know, like that, that, that you don't have all the answers. And honestly, like the best way to get comfortable and clarity and control is to let go sometimes and not think that you can control everything. Um, be so tightly wound, you know, then you, you can let go of fear and anxiety and just having a trust. You know, and some of that comes with this group, like, you know, just kind of trusting in this group. And, you know, when you see a guy kind of let go and break down, you know, in a COT or praying in a circle or something, that stuff is really powerful, but it is not easy to do. You know, it is very, people have tons of anxiety. What, what do they say? Like, you know, and the number one fear in America um, is public speaking. Number two is death, right? The old Seinfeld bit, they'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. You know, I love that. Like people are scared to talk, 
So opening up to this kind of stuff is very difficult, but I'm, I mean, I think you just have to start with kind of letting go, you know, of, of control and thinking that you have all the answers, you know, to, to something bigger than yourself. And maybe it starts with this group and eventually it could be some kind of higher power, um, you know, to, to having some impact and influence on your life. But, but also maybe it's not having it be so big plague is making it smaller to where you can find a relationship with one guy open up with one guy you know like this group can be pretty overwhelming and when you come in like people with all these relationships using all this lingo and this language it's pretty intimidating honestly and um, it's so foreign to most of us when we start that you know if you could just find one guy to connect with you know one guy to have a, a direct conversation with and confide in them and get more comfortable in them and then maybe they can help you along your journey and now you've got two or three people you know and so maybe not starting so big it's starting smaller you know on a more personal level you know can get some guys maybe to open up a little bit more and kind of kind of see some of the bigger stuff going on yeah i you know that's that um, idea um and that just to you know for me it was you know, there were three guys right that i first told about issues i was going through and i remember wait time specifically said, hey, you don't have to give every person you know all the details of what you're going through, right? Like, like you, you need to, you know, it's helpful to have one or two or maybe three other people, kind of that shield lock idea, um, mm -hmm. you know, but it was, you know, and then, then the confidence builds over time to share it on a bigger scale because you realize, like, I, I might actually be able to help somebody else, right, that might be going through it, but I, I love that, love that idea. Yeah. Well, and it kind of highlights the idea of we're wanting these smaller groups, right? I mean, the whole concept was to have small, small workout groups. Um, so it's not so intimidating. So we don't have these, I mean, it's great for VQs and stuff like that. When we have 30 guys, 40 guys show up at the suite on anniversaries, that's great. But you're right. You're hitting on a key point of like why we kind of starfish and do this expansion and have different sizes. Well, it needs to be a smaller group so we can actually connect with that guy that's coming in. He's not as intimidated by... Yeah these guys are all best friends. What the hell am I getting myself into? I right. don't know. It's going to be hard for me to kind of see my way in. Well, you know, you, you're talking about, I guess, a question for you here. Um, you know, you're, you're giving some advice and I think it's good practical advice. Hey, let's, you know, start with a solid day, start with a smaller group and open up that way. Um, you're also talking about how you're starting to express some leadership in your family. You're praying over people, you're praying over different groups, um, professionally as well and you're kind of implementing that in your life I guess as you're you're giving advice you're praying for others I kind of want to reflect on you and, and just ask you what is it we can be praying for you for you know I think you do a great job of kind of identifying people in your life and you're very open about it of hey I'm praying for these people for this reason and I, I really want to be intentional with our time with you here to see what is it specifically that we can be praying for you yeah, that's really good. Um, you know, it's, I appreciate you asking. I mean, I'd say first and foremost would be as a husband, um, you know, that I am placing my wife, you know, God first and, you know, family second, but really her second, um, you know, and I struggle. I mean, we, we've been married 20 years and um, I had COVID on our 20 year anniversary because I went on a trip and got sick. I wasn't even really that sick, but I got, you know, I was being selfish. So selfishness, I'd say for me, is um, something I've struggled with uh, a lot in my life. So, you know, I'm always trying to find ways to put her, number one, make her feel that, you know, I could do and say things, but if it's not being received and she's not feeling it, it's really not working. Um, so I was starting with her like this, I could be a better husband to her. And then it would be to be a better father to my children. Like I can... I talked about coaching and leading and it just, it never stops with me. Like I have a hard time just to be a dad and be with them and be present and not be correcting something, trying to fix something, do this, you know, and, and it's to the point where, I mean, like Katie's battled me for years, like they all expect it to, you know, like, Oh, well, you're going to say this or do that. Like, you know, they're always a step ahead of me and like, and I don't like that it's got to that. So I'm, you know, I'm trying to pull back, you know, I'm talking to people, I'm reading stuff, I'm, you know, but it's hard to undo what's been done, you know, for year, 20 years plus. So, you know, praying for me as a father, praying for me as a husband, I think would probably be the, the two most important things that I, you know, I could ask of, of guys like you and, and guys around F3 to, to do for me, for sure. 
Heck yeah, man. I appreciate you being vulnerable about that, you know, because the same spiritual journey that or, or spiritual forces at play, right, against our children and our wives are attacking us too, you know, and I remember when we interviewed uh, Dread and Dark Helmet, that was essentially one of the things they were asking for, right? When you're in a position of leadership, you are under attack, right? I mean, I, we, you know, there's some, some verses that specifically say leadership or, or kind of teaching, which, you know, kind of go hand in hand. And I think we do need to be praying for each other on that, that ego, selfishness, self-righteousness, pride, all of those things uh, don't get the best of us because I'm, I'm right there with you where um, it's, it's a challenge. I do uh, yeah. one more question. This, this is a new one, Swiper, so you'll be the first uh, first guy to... All right, good. I, well, I'll tell everybody that too, trust it's, me. Uh, it's, it's, it's kind of neat. <laughs> you can, de- you can uh, decline or approve, right? If, if uh, it'll be approved. I'm sure. I want to get your get your thoughts on on legacy uh, when you think about you know get right, live right, lead right, leave right. Uh, what what uh, what do you want on that tombstone, or what do you want guys to say about uh, about Swiper or people to say? Uh, yeah, that's really good. You know, I mean, I often think about the tombstone um, exercise, right? Like, what are people going to say when you're gone? You know, I, um, I I I just gravitate towards you know that they would, that they would remember how they felt when they were with me. Um, Cause oftentimes you, people don't remember what you say or what you, they do, what you do, they remember how you made them feel. And like I was saying earlier, like in my job, you know, we're selling new relationships. I run a team that does business development. It's like we're meeting people for the first time. I'm always trying to make people comfortable. And I've seen over decades, like when people are comfortable, they, they like to do business with people. You know, and so the the more you can make people comfortable that they feel good around you, they like to be around you. They like to do business with you. So honestly, like I have tons of customers that are friends, like we hang out, would go do things. They live in other cities and whatever. But when I go somewhere to do some work, I call up somebody who isn't even really being managed by our group, whatever, just to go on a boat with them or hang out or go on a run. Like I go on runs with customers all the time. Um, so, so how people felt around me, you know, that they, um, remembered that it was positive, you know, we laughed and joked and they felt good, you know, like, so it would be something like, you know, I liked being around it, you know, something like that. Um, I was just listening to, uh, which I'm going to use this in a COT, so this will probably ruin it, but I was just on a, on a team meeting, like, a a, a town hall meeting and we run like a podcast entrepreneur studio kind of thing. And they had interviewed Tim Tebow and we're, we're talking to him and he gave a statistic, which I thought was really good. He said, optimistic people or people who are generally optimistic live 4.4 years longer than other people. I was like, that's really startling statistic. You know, and I like to think I'm optimistic. Like my wife gets mad at me. Like uh, nothing worries you. You don't get mad about anything. You know, I'm always just feeling like we'll figure it out. We'll get through this. It, it's going to be okay. We can handle it. You know, like whether it would be tithing, like uh, the money will come back. Like I firmly believe, you know, we're going to give to this charity, whatever. Like I don't worry about the bills. It's all going to work out. And it always has. Like that's what my mom gave me growing up. Like, you know, if you give it away, it'll come back sevenfold. And then the next day you find $20 in your pocket. You didn't know you had, or you get this bonus at work or whatever. hundred percent of my life it has always happened trying to teach my kids that same thing. So it would be, you know, people enjoyed being around me and, you know, could always kind of feel that optimism, um, you know, is, is kind of what I'd want on the tombstone, I think. Man, I love it. And we, I know we have probably enough content to keep going, but we'll, um, we'll do a, a little name-a-rama and then we'll, we'll put you on the, the list of guys that are going to come back for round two. I think we got to, I think we're getting I did make work. a bunch of notes. I didn't get to any of them. So I had oh, a bunch of stuff written down, I think. <laughs> didn't touch any of it so no you didn't did you? <laughs> i did i you know i mean this is a piece of paper there's stuff written on here you oh, know? Sure. i mean come on. <laughs> yeah. well i was like i wasn't prepping it all and i'm like i should probably write a few things down like i don't know i should be prepared i like when i do at work i go into meetings i mean i shouldn't say this out loud like i don't prepare a whole lot yeah. i'm just really good yeah. at i mean I'll, i know the stuff i know the material you know i don't i hate decks i hate having paper like when people are staring at it, I just want to talk to them, yeah. you know? And so generally I'm pretty good in meetings and stuff like that. So I don't prepare a whole lot. 
I actually prepared a little bit for this. So when you oh, didn't come in, but it's kind of like when you prepare, you don't need it. If I didn't prepare, I would have needed it probably. So. Sure. Well, anything on that <laughs> on that list that you that you're dying to share or that you you no, we'll give you one item be, off your list. It would all be it would be prideful boasting. It would all be sinful stuff. So I don't think I need to. Bring it up. It's, probably, <laughs> okay. it's probably fine. Probably honestly, if I did, it would be about um, uh, moving around. And, and, and posting. So like I, you know, I've, I post up North a bunch. I've queued all over. I've, you know, I have hit every site, like from when I started all the new ones I haven't hit, but like every site, you know, and so I know guys all over. So when I became a site queue, my first kind of filling out my schedule was all DC guys. I wanted to come in. And so everybody in Sarpy who does never leaves got to see new faces. So I had wait time and I had Sparty and I had space bar and I had, uh, cheap seats. I had a handful of guys, you know, there's all studs, guys I love, see all the time, you know, that, so just move around, you know, get around. And, and that's not even just Omaha. Like, you know, I've posted in seven or eight states. I've queued in three or four states. You know, I queued in uh, Canada and he aged a guy from Mexico. I had to get that in. Like I, I queued a workout with a buddy in Canada and this guy from Mexico just came running by and at the playground and did the Murph with us. And a pretty epic video he i was like just call out in spanish and like say this and this and he did it all in spanish and it's pretty pretty funny pretty funny video that's out there on twitter maybe i'll try to find oh, yeah. that and put yeah it in. it's out there it's a pretty good one and it's awesome. my neighbor slideshow so i just got to actually come out to a workout last week he came to oscar mike finally that i was queuing uh last week and so slideshow was in that video too and he's now officially in f3 finally so that's awesome Yep. Well, uh, yeah, appreciate you, man. And um, we'll take us out in a name rama here. I'll, I'll start here. Brandon Flick, already 36, The Plague. The Plague. Done with uh, uh, Pony Express. Hey. Pony Express. <laughs> Josh Project 44, Swiper. Swiper approved. Hey, and I, I do, I do want to give you T-Class because I'm pretty sure the reason we have so many guys with call signs is because you, you come up with That's, That was on my list. I was naming FNGs and call signs. So watching the video of my VQ, just we're just watching it. There was only one call callback. I, I forget who it was, but now literally you can't even hear anybody's name anymore. It's Ever. off the charts. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. and coming up with it is kind of a, a sense of pride. So I did have a list of about eight or nine I've come up with. We're not gonna go through them all now, but yeah. the call the callbacks are pretty epic. And I go when I go to DC, you don't you don't hear them as much. Like hey, no one's saying anything. This is kind of weird. Yeah. I was at the farm today. Literally, you know, there was there was thirty guys. Twenty eight of them had something we were saying back. At them. Yeah, so, my my all time favorite is uh, is girl dad. Buy me something. Yeah, buy me something. <laughs> that was mine. That was mine. Dave's, you know, he obviously brought me out. And that one's that one stuck pretty good. So that's a good one. It's awesome. Well, we appreciate you and, lo and love you, man. We'll be praying yeah. for you. Um, yeah, I appreciate it, guys. You're the best. Yeah. Have a great day. See ya.